Sounds like a fish. My daughter got knocked up by a garp. Find out if that's the son of a bitch's first name or last name. Was that his first name or last name, dear? It was garp. Just garp. That's the whole thing. I think it was his last name. What was his first name? I never found out. She never found out his first name? Jenny, you must know his first name. Technical Sergeant Garp. I knew it. I knew it. A goddamn soldier. Technical Sergeant? T.S. Hello. And welcome to episode six of Trash Talk, Every Frame and Dumpster Fire. Uh, today we will be discussing the movie World According to Garp. Uh, I'm TK, creator of all things trash, creator of this podcast, streams, everything. And I'm joined by my co-host, Eric. Hello there. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. World According to Garp. Uh, this movie came out in 1982, uh, starring Robin Williams, uh, Mary Beth Hart, and Glenn Close in her film debut. She would, of course, go on to do a lot of really good movies. Um, this is directed by George Roy Hill, who directed a lot of like really big, important movies in the 60s and 70s. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Slaughterhouse-Five, Slapshot, The Sting. Um, so this movie has some pedigree and some heavy hitters behind it. And it's a sort of comedy drama with some real real sucker punches to go along with uh with its story yeah this is this is an emotional this is emotional devastation if you're not prepared for it so i think yeah i watched this i watched this a lot more recently than the other movie we talked about today battleship i watched this just a couple days ago i think the number one takeaway that i had from this the thing i wanted to open up the podcast with is that just to sort of preface it with this movie covers a lot of things that I myself as a fairly privileged middle class cis white man don't feel qualified to really have too much of a strong opinion on. I mean, there's clearly there's clearly a wrong opinion to have, and I'm fairly confident that I know the wrong opinion to have. But I, I don't pretend to understand the struggles or, or any of the things that some of the types of people depicted in this movie experience. Mm-hmm. And I, ju- I just wanted to get that out of the way because I, I do think that's important to say. We're just covering this from the point of view of people who like movies. We're not trying to weigh in too much on the state of the world or social justice or any of that because... I don't feel qualified at the very least. Sure, we, we're certainly not positing a, a direction for for you know for these sorts of things. But it's it's a movie from 1982, uh, adapted from a novel from the 1970s, which was a period of a lot of sort of social change, a lot of change in direction, uh, consideration of a lot of issues like, you know, early back then a lot of feminist issues, um, trans rights came up, you know, even as as far as back then, though mm-hmm. they certainly weren't dealt with as uh, comprehensively as they are nowadays. But this is an interesting movie in that it deals with a lot of these uh, these topics with a lot more sensitivity and depth than something you'd normally expect from something from the from right. the seventies or eighties. It would. It, that's what surprised me, or not not necessarily surprised me because I kind of knew going in that it was that, but impressed me. It's a very for the time very progressive movie, mm-hmm. and I I did like that. Um, I felt like. 
I honestly, I don't know if it's, I just wasn't, like, I don't, to a certain degree, the movie reflected myself back on me. I didn't find it very comedic. I honestly didn't find this movie funny. It it isn't in what you'd normally expect of like a Robin Williams kind of movie. It's not like Mm-mm. you know a, a Mrs. Doubtfire or a Genie and Aladdin kind of kind of quirky comedy. It's it's the, the comedy comes from a lot of like black humor, sort of absurdity, dark irony. Yeah. It's it's about the messiness um, of life and the human condition. I think there. I guess okay. There were a couple points where I, I did I did laugh, and a couple points where I felt like I was supposed to laugh, but I was so uncomfortable. Like when when I felt like the whole situation with Garp and his mother and the prostitute in the coffee <laughs> shop was meant to be comedic, ex- well, and to a certain degree it was comedic, but it was also so awkward. It's it's a bit of awkwardness, <laughs> cringe comedy, sort of like yeah. what you get like in a show like The Office. It's it's it, it, the the humor in that scene is character driven. It's that the the mother in this uh, Jenny Fields is just so on another planet when it comes to her thinking compared to to so many other people of this time period that she'd engage a prostitute and be like genuinely curious, fairly like non-judgmental, sort of you know ask her about her thoughts, her feelings, her her approach to these things. Um, well, also being at least at the start of it, pretty naive. Exactly. Yes. Like the the, exactly. the whole situation starts with they pass a number of women on the street, and she asks Garp, "Is that the style today?" <laughs> and he basically insinuates through through it's a the world's oldest remark, profession that they are prostitutes, and and she is surprised, and then decides that they need to go talk to one. And yeah. She is naive, fearless, and curious all at the same time. Um, but before we like dive into into all the wonderful, wonderful characters <laughs> of this movie, what is the world according to Garp all about? To me, it re- it's it's really an episodic movie. Like you you get yeah. snapshots of characters' lives that go on for like twenty to forty minutes, and it's sort of you jump forward in time a lot. But it starts with the mother Jenny Fields, played by Glenn Close, who got an Oscar nomination for this role. Um, but it starts with her talking to her parents, saying how she got impregnated while she was working as a uh, as, yeah. as as a nurse as as in, in World War Two, a nurse in World War Two. Yeah, and and then it starts right off with with her being completely confident in her opinion that the that the views of the world just are wrong. Mm-hmm this idea that she needs to get married. She needs to have a husband. She didn't want to get married. She didn't want to have a husband. She didn't want to share she her wanted life. A, she wanted a child. She wanted a child and that's it. So she found a donor of sorts. <laughs> yes. She, she ended up finding a, uh, a technical sergeant Garp uh, who experienced a combat injury who was um, brain damaged uh, quickly on his, on his way out. And uh, he suffered from priapism, which is, you know, a a condition where you get pretty spontaneous and uh, relentless erections. And she ended up uh, using him for her uh, for her purposes of of getting a child. Uh, Certain characters have uh, have an objection to this, but for her, it seemed all perfectly normal sort of goes to her um, characterization. She she doesn't connect sex and love. 
for her sex mm-hmm. and lust go together yeah. you know it's it's a very negative connotation for her so for her this this was simply a transaction <laughs> you know there's there's no love or even like traditional sex associated with it it's simply a transaction um you know and and this sort of carries her forward um and that's how we get garp that's how we get garp and she's by you know Pretty much all depictions in this movie, a wonderful, caring mother, if perhaps a little overbearing. And a a little... Unconventional. Unconventional is the exact word I was trying to think of. But she's clearly loving and caring. Um, You know, we we see later several scenes with Garp as a kid. She's appropriately outraged uh, when when the neighbor's dog attacks Garp. uh, she saves Garp when he gets up on the building and uh, is pretending to be a pilot <laughs> way up there and slides off. When you he know. was, I think, sleepwalking? I think that was the... I don't think he was sleepwalking. That was he... my assumption, was that he he was sleepwalk pretending to be a pilot, but <laughs> I well, could be wrong. He does have a very active imagination. Yes. Um, he also has a void in his life. He he wants he wants a father. This is a big part of the, the character, Robin Williams's character as Garp going forward, is that he doesn't have a father... He fantasizes about his father as this sort of pilot and hero character to him, um, you know, and he goes through much of his life not experiencing this and, and, and wanting it. Um, uh, uh, that sort of defines him going forward. I think, yeah, the, a big part of that, I'm sure, would have been the societal view of him as the bastard son. Of, yes. And that comes up throughout the movie that he is a bastard son, right? That That would have reinforced that need for a father is, and, and is part the... of his journey is realizing my mother was all i needed in the first place she she gave me everything i needed i may not be perfect as part of his sort of coming to coming to grips with life and self-acceptance but um you know that's that's one of the big themes is 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 forgiveness and learning to to appreciate what you got Uh, we get um, flash forward. You know, Jenny's working as a as a nurse on this university campus. Um, Garp is going to school there as well. He falls in love with um, the daughter of his wrestling coach. Yes, character Helen Holm. Or pardon me, yeah, yeah, Helen, um, and uh, tries to woo her pretty unsuccessfully for for quite a while. Um, he's a pretty awkward but but charming young man. Um, runs into he wants to be an author so he tries to impress her through writing short stories at the same time he has this childhood friend that he sort of fools around with and gets caught with mm-hmm. um, and she doesn't appreciate that but uh, you know after long enough time apart they sort of come back together again after he's a sort of successful writer and, and author uh, who moves to New York yes he moves to New York his mother also obviously moves to New York and that's where <laughs> that's where uh that's where they run well they're living in New York they're out shopping and that's where they run into the situation with the prostitutes mm-hmm. and that is what leads that interaction is what leads her to write her very long book it seems it's a political it looks, manifesto yes uh about the world and the state of women in the world and their rights and 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 she organizes to have her to take her book to a publisher and again being the naive 
in a way, woman that she is. And and very confident. Not even fearless. Ar- almost arrogant in a way. Just assumes that her book is perfect and he will publish it. And it's not she is not asking him for the for the privilege of having her book published. She is bestowing upon this publisher the the great honor of publishing her book. And this is sort of sort of poignantly demonstrated by her dropping off the book, discussing it with him for a short time, and then leaving with the phrase, I'll call you. <laughs> As in, I'll, I'll call you. I, I know you want to publish this. I'll call you later to find, figure out the details. Yeah. Um, at the same time, Garp leaves his short story. Garp I, is the far more technical writer. He sort of writes short stories. He's a lot more imaginative, symbolic, whereas Jenny is a lot more, like, brusque, to the point, very matter-of-fact. Yes. Uh, and, and you know, Garp kind of resents her, her, her success as an author in a way. So, yes, as it turns out, despite the fact that she was completely, completely, I think misguided on how the publisher-writer relationship was going to go. <laughs> uh, it happens that her book, she timed it very, very conveniently that the, the the culture in America and the world at the time was such that they were the, they were very receptive, would be, some would be very receptive of this kind of book. Mm-hmm. And it generates a lot of a lot of uh, discussion and a lot of outrage. Yeah, and a lot it's of sort of it, it's sort that. of meant to represent a lot of where sort of academic feminism sort of went in the seventies and eighties. A lot more observations of you know patriarchal power structures, you know, abuse of women, um, using uh, you know sex as a as a means of oppression and as a tool of oppression. All these sorts of things really came to the forefront in the seventies and uh, and and the eighties and drew a lot of ire for more traditionalist camps, which is why the first time that she appears to give a, you know, speech about her book, she there's an attempted assassination. Yes. Not the last. Not the last. Every time she speaks in public, it's it's someone someone wants to wants to assassinate her. It's 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 truly impressive. Um and we get a bit of a fast forward again and Garp has married Miss Holm. Mm-hmm. Is now Miss Garp? Mrs. Garp. I guess. I don't know. They never really explain what... His name is T.S. Garp, right? Technical Sergeant Garp is all she knew of uh, Garp's father. Yeah. So it's like, your name is T.S. Garp. Whether Garp so was a first name, last name, who that's knows? That's I'm just what sure. she so, chose. So I, it's unclear whether his wife becomes Miss Garp. <laughs> Mrs. Garp, like what? I don't know how that works. It's, it's but, unclear. Um, They're married. What happens when they go to inspect the very first house? Oh, then we're jumping. <laughs> so you're jumping ahead a bit, right? Oh, yes. Because it's before that. It's before a man flies a plane into their house. Um, they, they, I believe she is pregnant. They haven't had a kid yet, but she's pregnant, and they're going to visit Garp's mother at her house, her very large house, as she is now quite wealthy from the publishment of her book yes very and, successful and, and she's sort of turned the house into this refuge for um 
uh, for a lot of, you know, battered or, or disenfranchised women who feel, you know, R yep. alienated Ranging from, from society. From women who have, I don't remember the name of what they called it, but essentially a, a phobia of men, a phobia of being around, being touched, being spoken to by men. Um, there is a very important character played by John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Roberta. Roberta, a, a trans woman who is sort of Garp's mother's right-hand woman, mm -hmm. ex-football player, maybe the best character in this movie, in my opinion. Agreed. Another Oscar-nominated performance there. <laughs> I did think, and I don't know if it was done for comedic effect or it was just the time, there are a couple things where, a couple comments that seemed a little silly. I don't think anything with Roberta was ever played for laughs. Like the 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 way it was portrayed. So there there for for instance, there was a point where they're out for a run, mm -hmm. and she bursts into tears. And their ex her explanation of it being a, like a woman's hormonal attack, I didn't quite understand if that was meant to might me. have been going through like hormone treatment at the time, That's and it was just a clear to me comment on that. that yeah. I wasn't. It, it felt a little weird. I wasn't sure where they were going with that. Mm -hmm. Whether that's what they meant, and if that, if that's what they meant, great. That's I, I, I that could be a fair assessment. I just wasn't super clear on what they it's meant. It's not super clear what's going in context, but that was just my assumption. That that is a much. That is a yeah. That fits a lot more with the progressive nature of this movie than than. Again, none of it's played for laughs. Like yeah. Garp's first encounter is is totally just of sympathy and understanding. Becomes a very close uh, friend with with you know Garp and uh, and, and his family. family and his kids, um, and uh, you know yeah, becomes a close personal confidant. I I think one one there is definitely a a, a scene with her that is played played for laughs, and that's when the the angry boyfriend or someone of one of the the uh one of the one women, of the women sta at the, uh, staying at house, yeah. mother's house. Wish I could remember her name. Jenny. It, Jenny. Or uh, what's Garp's mother's name? Jenny. Is it Jenny? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Staying at Jenny's house. Angry boyfriend shows up. It's turning into a whole thing. There's going to be a fight between I think him and Jenny. He goes to run at her. And and basically, ex footballer does what ex footballer does, and and slide tackles him. Mm -hmm. That was that was fun. That I was enjoyed great. that. Yeah. That was that was a good like, you know, standing up for each other kind of. I I that scene also felt a little the, the 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 end of that like, oh he's hurt now I better go take care of him and she just leaves with him was a little weird. Um, I was like. Oh yeah. Is that her sliding back into like it that felt like her sliding back into the societal need to take care of her man, but like well, it's also something similar that you find in abusive relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, people who 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 take back abusive uh partners, um it's it's a pretty vicious spiral. This movie doesn't get too much into commenting on that, but it it, it could speak to that. Um you, you certainly see a lot more about that um that that nowadays there's a lot more commentary and research into the sort of psychology of that oh how could you you know how could you stay with him when he when he treats you this way or 
or, but I or love vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, besides that, a, a very, very good character. And I, like, they did an okay job with Garp of he. He's not was, a perfect person, but he is very. He tries. He's, he's very, very accepting and very wholesome in a lot of ways. There are, I mean, I think a big question that the movie asks later on is one where he takes the side of the he ends up on the side that I think most people can relate with um so one one of the other groups to explain one of the other groups that is staying at Jenny's house is this society of women the Ellen Jamesians so this sound I don't know if Ellen James is actually a real I don't know that Ellen James is a real person but this feels like they base it off a real story or something that I don't know if it's a surrogate or not. Yeah. um, Essentially the character in the movie, Ellen James, who basically only shows up for a very short period of time near the end, but um, was a young girl who was assaulted by several men. And then they removed her tongue. So she wouldn't be able to give a description of them to the police or anyone else. Yeah. And then there is this, this society of women staying with with Jenny who in solidarity with her are removing their own tongues yes and garp sort of in this situation plays the role of abject horror yeah. almost yeah, yeah. just confusion and the movie really gets into the question of first off the question of is this really helpful? Is this the right way to approach is, it? Is, is this self-mutilation appropriate in this context? Is self-mutilation appropriate in this yeah. context? And then later moves on to, even if the person they are showing solidarity to doesn't agree with what they're doing, should they continue should with the cause? Be, yeah. like, is it right for them to continue? Because Ellen it? James writes to them and asks them, thank you for your show of support. Please, please stop mutilating yourself. It's it's unnecessary to show support for my cause. Mm-hmm. And That's at it. that point, you there's there's a suggestion that it's it's not just about Ellen James anymore uh, mm-hmm. to to these to these women. It's really about this militancy or or almost like cult like dedication and, and and zealotry to this um, to this cause. You know, for them, it it it's it means far more than than Ellen James to them. This is this is their display of of, of power. Um, and and as such, there's really very little room for compromise or understanding or for 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 level headedness um, beyond this point. Um, whereas Ellen James preaches a lot more, you know, thank you for your support. Please, there are more constructive ways to go about mm-hmm. it. So, th- and this is this is the hill that that Gart chooses to die on. He's very much against this small this thing, this this practice, this movie, but quite literally, quite, <laughs> quite literally, literally, the hill he, it's the hill he dies on. The hill he dies on. But, um, I think going back a little bit, talking about the actual was this a comedy? Wasn't this a comedy? When did I laugh? I think one of the one of the most jovial, funny situations was them dealing with the man who keeps speeding through their neighborhood and not stopping at stoplights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and shortly after, uh, what's her name? John Lithgow's character, Roberta. Shortly after Roberta 
bursts into tears during their run. Garp is consoling her. They're dealing with it. And then this man who has shown up earlier in the movie, driving his his, his Recklessly shop, in a residential his neighborhood. His pickup yeah. truck comes speeding around the corner, doesn't stop at the stoplight. He's going way too fast. And Garp absolutely loses it. And Garp knows the route that he takes. And if he cuts through this neighbor's yard, he can cut him off. So he bursts out and runs and cuts him off and, and grabs a pole from the back starts of his truck and starts smashing all the headlights. up his truck and yelling and screaming. And, 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 and you think, great, Garp finally took care of it. <laughs> and then they flip it on you. The guy gets back in his truck and tries to run them down. Yeah. And they have to run back through the neighborhood across the yards and around trees as he's mowing over fences and trying to run them down. And yeah. Yeah, one, the, of the, one of the few just light, full-on comedic moments of the movie. The, a lot of the humor just arises from odd moments and, mm-hmm. and absurdity. I mean, it, it's it's a movie that's really just all about, yeah, the messiness of, of life. It, there's, there's a lot of grotesqueness in this movie, uncomfortableness. Things are unexpected, awkward, cruel. But there's also a lot of beauty and just... You know, it's there. It's about forgiveness and, and moving past in a lot of ways. Because between uh, Garp and uh, his 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 wife Helen, uh, they both get involved in their own sort of extramarital uh, encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen gets a job as a teacher, ends up having an affair with one of her um, graduate students, I believe, and um, and Garp gets involved with of the course, babysitter. The babysitter. So each of them sort of Though, feel feel justified in, in what they're it, doing. I think it's fair to say that I don't know if Garp felt justified. Oh yeah, it was too early for that. It, it's he, just him. It was it was him yeah. almost proving his mother's point that that men are lustful and exactly. they don't have control. Yeah. Which and and Garp is particularly uh, as a particularly notable sex drive. And um, yeah, the baby now the babysitter also clearly interested she makes it very clear she's 18 <laughs> to him like i i you know to make it yeah, like yeah. To, to to be clear like garp didn't take advantage of her or anything no she was also she was also very much down down for down the clients sure but he does cheat on his wife with the babysitter she asks him if he did he blindly lies about it, pretends to be outraged by the thought of, yeah. by the fact that she could even think he did that. This is where you Clearly, see a lot of flaws in his character. Yeah, they're both lying. That like they both know he's lying, obviously. Um, and this, and that, that in her mind is what gives her the go ahead to cheat. It's, it's that. It's it's student. the difficulties with their relationship overall. You know, um, both are are sort of experienced difficulties with. Uh, with each other and home life and stress and all that. So there, there's a bunch of factors that sort of contribute to why they think this is appropriate action. And of course it isn't, it all culminates very tragically. There's another sort of setup on payoff with a vehicle. Um, there's yes. what, what Garp does. Uh, they all have a house at the sort of bottom of this sort of cul-de-sac. And um, it's his tendency to turn off the engine and just coast into the driveway with the, with the lights off um, when his kids are in the vehicle, sort of as this sort of fun little, little family thing and uh it, it gets to the point where um helen and her student are in the back of a vehicle mm. um and they end up uh in a compromising position and garp crashes into the the back of their vehicle um and it ends up with all of them tragically injured and unfortunately yep. with the death of one of their two children 
uh, the other one ends up losing an eye. How did I miss that? I completely... I, clearly, it, I was paying very good attention <laughs> watching this. I yeah. The, the, the kids look very similar. Um, so you just lost count of one at some point, I guess. Yeah. But this is, like, one of the big turning points in the movie and where it really emphasizes the sort of carpe diem and, and sort of forgiveness element of it. It's like, you know, everyone in this movie is a flawed, broken human being. And it's not about being perfect. It's about coming to terms with who you are and being better. And both of these characters are at their lowest point. They're recuperating with Garp's mother. Um, Garp has, like, his his tongue is is very you know, in a sort of ironic twist now, he's the one who can't talk and needs the uh, yeah. needs to, to write out things, sort of like the Ellen Jamesians. Um Helen is is in a neck brace. Their their kid has, has lost an eye. Uh and the other one is is was was killed. And uh, you know, at this point their emotions swell up. They have several tense encounters at uh at Jenny's house. But with her help, they sort of learn to forgive and move past and eventually find out why why they love each other so much mm-hmm. and uh in that they they have another child sort of symbol of hope from there uh we move on to Jenny is joining in support of a female a a female um campaign for to be governor yes politician is the word that my brain couldn't find a female politician who is is running for governor eventually she may run for president is the i think the insinuation mm-hmm. um and 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 jenny garp's mother's involvement in this campaign leads to her death yes to her she's, she's assassinated being assassinated after at least a couple attempts As, presumably i mean in my head it's every time she goes up to speak there's some crazy gunman in a tree um just like a farce and then yeah and that leads to another point in the movie. So, so she is she passes. She's assassinated. They have a private funeral with the the, the townsfolk essentially and the family. Um, that leads to a, a <laughs> another bit of comedy with the 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 senile old man talking to, <laughs> um, what would have been I guess Garp's wife's. Father, Father, yeah, who was the wrestling coach? The wrestling yeah. coach, um, he's retiring, and it, we find out that Garp is going to take over as the wrestling teacher. As the wrestling yeah. teacher at the university, um, we also, yeah, there's a bit of confusion. The old, the the senile old man thinks that he's the basketball coach, <laughs> and then and then is informed that he was the wrestling coach, and that Garp is going to take over for him, and he asks at what, at coach, at coaching, and then he asks. What do you coach? Yep. So, yeah, he's 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 and around and around you go. But, um, and then from there we find out that there is going to be a a rally in New York of women. Sh- sh- well, uh, uh, Jenny's vigil. Jenny's funeral, like her real like like the real funeral vigil and uh, and uh, like you know um, funeral proceedings is going to be uh restricted it's only going yeah, to be females be, that are allowed uh, in attendance a vigil for for women who are showing their love and support for for her passing as she was so important to a lot of women and and the feminist movement that, mm. and and of course this is appalling to garp was his mother he and I, be I, there. I think he's he's right in assuming that uh jenny would not have preferred this you know 
that she very much would have liked her son in attendance. And in order to facilitate that, he works with Roberta, and they sort of sneak uh, sneak Garp in there dressed uh, in dressed in, as a in drag. Yeah. Yep. And this, and then you know he's there for a short time. They don't show much of it, and he's very quickly discovered. And there's outrage, and and. They He's had... discovered by a sort of childhood acquaintance, you know, a friend of his, his child, a sister, the sister of his childhood friend, uh, Pooh, who appears several times in this film, usually when she's a kid, and she's creepy as all get out. Mm-hmm. Very weird voyeuristic tendencies with, with, with her, and yeah, she discovers Garp quite quite quickly. She's she's also an, an Ellen Jamesian, and they have to... They freak out. They, Garp out. They usher him out. Oh, uh, uh... A young woman leads him to the door. We're not not knowing who she is. She can't speak. He thinks she's an Ellen, Ellen Jamesian because she pulls out the book. It turns out no, it is actually Ellen, Ellen James, James herself. herself. Uh, prior to this, Garp had written a his, his most previous book was a scathing criticism of the Ellen James Society. Yes, and and their approach to uh, to this cause, how he thinks it's not in keeping with what Ellen James wanted, and it's not. It, it doesn't as accomplish as what they want the to. Them, she yeah, said. and Ellen yes. James herself appreciates what 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 Garp has uh, yeah, said and, and written about it, while also quickly ushering him away. Yeah, she gets into him to a safety. cab and, and says, basically in her own way, says thank you, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, shortly shortly after that, the movie sort of moves on. There's not a lot left after that. He takes over as coach, and mm-hmm. then. Is it the same childhood friend that ends it's up? Yep. That ends up. She is so angry, so disheartened, so displeased with his view on the, the book he's written, the book him he's attending written, the funeral. That she bursts into the gymnasium where he's coaching and shoots him repeatedly. Yeah. And we see him fall to the floor. He's bleeding. His wife is freaking out. And then they cut. To the same scene as the start of the movie with him as a baby, baby flying being tossed through the up air. in the air. Yeah, and by his that's mother. the end. And that's the end. Yeah, it was. It's an uncomfortable movie, but it's also. I I think beautiful. You, it's it's virtually impossible to make a movie that does any decent job of representing these issues without it being uncomfortable. Because it's messy, they're, and that's their point. Uncom- like uh, the issues that especially at the time and that's the thing it's, it's not trying to push an agenda it pre- it presents characters who are flawed but in many ways very sympathetic very understanding very um very open like jenny and garp are very open people they're open to mm-hmm. awkward discussions they're open to you know causes um sort of beyond them um but um they're also very flawed people and it's it's I, I don't think it has like a political it it, it isn't jabbing you constantly no. to to um to to make you think in one direction or the other. It's just portraying human beings in, in all their, their messiness and, and all their beauty. People and who are doing their best. It yeah, it does it covers a lot of issues that And trying to be their, their best selves. At at the time especially you can't you can't talk about these horrific issues without it being a little horrific. Like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's they're talking about horrific, unexpected things happen every day, and just the 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 nature of society is kind of horrific at a lot of the time, and 
to talk about that. It's uncomfortable. Every character here, I think, is trying their best. I think all of the Ellen Jamesians are trying their best. Mm -hmm. Garp, Jenny, definitely Roberta. Everyone's trying their best. And most of them end up making the world, or, you know, not necessarily the world in a grand, you know, macro cosmos sense, but in a very trying to make their family better, trying to do right by their friends and family, and just generally trying to there's a, <laughs> trying to spread joy. There's an argument to be made that Jenny was trying and maybe succeeding at making the world in many ways at she large was, better. Yeah. At the very least, her she goals are a lot, lot, lot larger. And, yeah. And and helped a lot of people and yeah. Helped. Yeah. But she's also by no means a, a perfect perfect no. human being. There's there's that beautiful scene where she's um you know, in the helicopter and on the way to the to the politicians rally just before she's assassinated. And, um, you know, and, and Garp says, you know, basically, thank you, mother, for everything you've done. I, I, I realize now I never needed a father. You were all I ever needed to be a to be a complete and full human being. And, and through your your help, I've, I've come to. I've come to be happy and content. That's a whole other. It's that's beautiful. A, that's a whole like undertone to this movie that I until talking about it didn't even catch was that not not only does it cover all of the trans rights and women's rights and, it's the bond and, between a mother and a son and and a representation of a very successful single mother yeah a whole other man which was right. another thing that was fairly subversive in the 70s and 80s right or even imagine in like what the 50s or 40s yeah but like the i guess it oh, would have yeah. been the 40s when when there was there was a lot of challenging of right? yeah there was a lot of challenging in like the 60s 70s of traditional like gender roles and uh, like family norms and all that we get uh, garp and uh, and um and helen have a sort of reversed uh gender role um, he works he he, he, he does work in he, the, works, he, writes, he works at home but he but works he, from he, home and a lot of his work amounts to being the uh, cooking and spending time with the kids well. and, yeah. and and yeah yeah, you know, a lot of non-traditional arrangements and a lot of non-traditional roles in this movie, and it doesn't draw too much attention to that. It's just this is their family unit. This is what works for them. Um, but for the most part, it, for the most part, I mean, uh, yeah, they're they're again people trying their best. They're not they're not perfect. They can't be. Um, <laughs> you know, everyone's broken and incomplete in some way, but but they try their best. And yeah, that that scene with. You know, Garp and his mother at the helicopter. She can't hear him over the sound of, of the blades, which <laughs> of is which is kind of tragic. But but she knows. She knows mm -hmm. by this point. You know how much uh, how much they mean to each other. And uh, that movie, I, I, that that moment, like gave me a real, real, real heart clench moment. Like there's there's a lot of moments like that in this movie that are quite that catch you off guard that are just beautifully poignant. Yeah, I thought it was. It's a very impressive movie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't necessarily say that I really enjoyed it. I don't know if you're meant to. It sticks with you. Um. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But it was very impressive. Very, like a lot of the things they talk about, and and I'm sure a certain amount of of what surprised me was just a lack of knowledge of the history of these issues and mm. and how how they were approached throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And, and throughout, but yeah, just a lot of the issues they covered was very surprising to me for 
a movie of that era. And in a way that just supports the characters in the story. You know, everyone's trying to navigate these these issues and do best by who they are and who they love. Um, it's, it's similar in a lot of ways to a lot of the movies that um, Robin Williams chose to do around this period in the 70s, 80s, and a bit forward. You got, like, Dead Poet Society, which has similar theme, th- themes about being true to yourself. Carpe Diem sees the day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, one of the students in his class is is sort of homosexual, and through uh, Robin Williams plays a teacher in that film, and uh, through the help of of this teacher, sort of comes to accept who he is and and try and live um, the best life he can. Um, and you see it in a movie like World's Greatest Dad, uh, which is another um, tragic sort of black comedy, sort of like this one, um, and even in Good Morning Vietnam to an extent. Um, sort of has that sort of darker edge to it. I think it's just interesting that around this time, Robin Williams was choosing these movies oh. with a lot of, a lot of depth. You know, a lot of a lot of dramatic meat to sink your teeth when into. When did Goodwill Hunting it was around the same time? Yes, right? yes. It, I think that was the nineties. That was I mean, early was... Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. I think that was mid late nineties. That that's another movie with those sort of like darker. Nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Similar vein as this one. Yeah. Essentially, him, him as a therapist helping, helping a young genius deal with the, the abuse and tragedy that he has gone through, by. And one of the answers in, in that the... movie is you can't be perfect, but you can at least be better. Yeah. And yeah, just helping helping him deal with all of the trauma of having gone through multiple abusive homes in the, in the, uh, in the, um, blanking on the man. My brain is not. (laughs) It's a combination of battleship and GARP. Multiple foster homes. Yes. Multiple foster homes. Some of which were, were at least one of which was quite abusive and, and helping him deal with that and learn, learn that, that how to, how to sort of start to move on from that. And also learn that, that, Love is more important than anything else, really. That yeah. that the girl is more important. Yeah. For for a lighter movie from this director, check out Slapshot. That's one of the best <laughs> sports comedies out there, um, and it's a good palate cleanser um, from from the emotional so, weight of a movie like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us on a small tangent. Oh yeah, just because. I'll throw this out there. I'll see if you can if you can figure this out. I don't know if we ever did. Um, I had a conversation. Speaking of sports comedies, I had a conversation with some people a while ago, trying to figure out. There's a movie that I have a very strong memory of a specific part. It was on Disney Channel. Mm. It's a hockey movie, and the and and uh, a portion of the culmination is it's a hockey sci-fi in a way. In that, like, it takes place on Earth at a at like a college or or a high school or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, the main character ends up like taking, uh, like they use the idea of of quantum entanglement. He ends up <laughs> taking quantumly entangled slices of what what look like slices of of the like, you know, the mixed color bouncy ball rubber sort of that sort of psychedelic mixed with slices of those that have been quant been been mixed like they've been entangled and he attaches a set 
to his rollerblades and a set to the skates of the opposing team that his <laughs> hockey team are playing. And then in some in somehow generates like anti gravity or something. So he's flying around the room underneath the oh rink. My God. And because the the, the 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 these discs that he's glued to his rollerblades are linked that causes the skaters on the actual hockey team that his team are playing to also fly and therefore his team win the championship or something. And wow. We've been trying to figure out for like Dude, a while. This is an absolute movie that fever is. dream. <laughs> I have no clue. I was going to say like Mighty Ducks, but no. Everybody says Mighty Ducks. <laughs> it's not Mighty Ducks. I say, I say it doesn't like, have I talk sci-fi about like that, craziness. It, it, yeah. It could have been Mighty Ducks 7. Like I... all franchises go to space eventually. Yeah. Like, like it wasn't even in space. It's just like at a college or at a uh, yeah, and he just space college uses uses this weird. I don't know. I was just curious if because I still haven't figured it out. And you have to keep searching because I truly have no in, clue. Typing into Google kids hockey movie where people fly doesn't give you the best results. That's surprising. <laughs> I haven't found it yet, but um. Yeah, anything else to add or oh, what would we rate Garp? Uh this one's difficult. This one's tricky. I I have to give it So the question is 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 when we haven't really determined this, is our Sheen Bean scale a scale of enjoyment or a scale of quality or because if it's, it's a scale That's hard. I feel like That's why all like numerical rankings are pretty I feel like pretty flawed. it's a nonsensical scale that thus the name Sheen Bean. How many Sheen Beans? It's just as relevant as um, Robert Easter e- 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 uh, <laughs> Ebert's four star reviews. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven. I think if you were if you were to if you were to dictate that it's a you're to dictate that I'm measuring it on a, a scale of ambition or quality or or depth, the score goes up. But if I have to factor in my enjoyment of the movie, it, it comes down a little bit, and it's a oh yeah, yeah, same here. It's 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 a very well done movie for the most part. Um, I think it drags a bit here and there. Um, I I'd probably give it a seven or an eight. Um, but it's it's a movie that. It, it it sticks with me a lot more than that score might suggest. Yeah, you know, it it deserves sort of like an asterisk or or a footnote to say, "Holy crap, this movie has stuck with me for like twelve it, years since I first saw it." A comparison I might give is there's movies that people would give a very high rating that I absolutely never would. One that comes to mind, and I've 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 hated on it plenty is um two thousand one. Where I feel like, and you shaking your head. At I'm me. shaking my head. Yeah. I feel like, and it's a weird comparison because they're very different. But I feel like this movie tried to be deep, and it succeeded, and it did a good job Generally, of, of yeah. having some deep yeah. thoughts and covering some deep subjects. 2001 feels like a movie that tried to be deep, <laughs> and the only thing it was deep about was up its own ass. See, your problem is that you weren't stoned or tripping LSD while watching. Well, it. maybe that's my if you problem, were, it would but... be a 10 out of 10 film. Oh yeah, I, I mean, think a lot of movies would be a ten out of ten. Two thousand one is a world. is a technical masterpiece tour de force, but it's also boring as all hell. Yep, that's exactly. And it makes it. no goddamn sense by the end of it. 
and and that and, and it can't save that technical mastery can't save you yeah. in this case yeah. and yeah fair enough okay i think with that we're going to call it for today um thanks everybody for listening this was a world according to garp our next movie on february 1st will be uh we will be looking at hellboy 1 we will probably touch on some of hellboy 2 as well so if you want to see talking together as a sort of duology both of them um that may help some of the maybe some spoilers best comic book movies out there and they came out in the early 2000s i think they're sort of up there with the sam raimi first two spider-mans We'll talk about those later. <laughs> but yes, they 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 very good movies. Um again, it's not necessary, but we may touch we will probably touch on Hellboy 2. There may be a bit of spoilers. So if you like Hellboy 1, you've got a month, you got plenty of time, go watch Hellboy 2 as well. It's uh in my opinion the better of the two. So, yes. So Hard go ahead and do that. But besides that, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next month. Farewell. <laughs>